to the Dream Boat Podcast. With you as always, I am Captain Connor, and by my side is the trusty, the illustrious, the glamorous... Captain Scott. That's him. Yeah, hey, well, you're welcome. I just figured I'd give you some superlatives and a couple extra adjectives just for funsies, you know? Yeah, it's an audio medium. You gotta paint the word picture, and I want to be seen as having a giant flashy admiral's hat. And let it be so. (laughs) Uh, I want to start off by apologizing for the delay. Y'all, life has gotten us a little bit sideways, and after that larger episode, this last round with the board, which I hope you all thought was a lot of fun, we'd love to hear from from you about that. We kind of expended our backlog and are here and back, ready to set sail once again, back on track. Let's do it. Thanks again to the board for that wonderful interview. Hey, Connor. Yes, Scott? You know what we haven't done in a very long time? What's that? One of our homegrown Captain Connor dreams. Do you got anything for us? You know, Scott, I do. I have, I have two, actually, but let's start with this one here. And it's funny enough because in our DeBoard episode, you had a dream about orcas, and I had a dream about orcas. So it went a little something like this. I was on a boat in the ocean going pretty fast. We were cruising at a pretty good speed. And this was not like a giant boat. It was kind of like a a deep sea fishing boat. And we begin to like, I don't know if we caught it on a hook or it was harpooned an orca calf, like a baby orca. And I don't remember feeling happy about this. I felt like I was more of a spectator in this whole thing. And trailing behind this orca calf that we had pulling behind the boat was a much larger orca. And this larger orca was chasing this calf we were pulling behind the boat for a while. And then the dream takes a really interesting turn. It cuts to a truck in the middle of the desert. And this time I'm sitting, looking out the back of the truck, looking behind us. And then we pull into an old gas station. And... There's some locals there. It's some different country. And I share this strange, like, almost chunky tapioca malty beverage with some (laughs) of the locals, like, served in kind of like a half a coconut looking thing. And that was my fun dream. That is pretty fun. Uh, Okay, so we had kind of like a split personality dream here, half of it at sea. Half in the desert. And it, and it went just like that. It wasn't that I woke up and had two separate dreams. It was literally from the ocean to the land, just like that. Okay, so luckily we did our DeBoard dream so recently because we can do a callback here on the symbolism. Um, although yours is a, has a little remix on it because usually um, ocean animals are meant to represent sort of your guide to your subconscious and so they're more adept at navigating 
the waters of the unconscious. Indeed. So you go and you you hack a, a harpoon, tack a harpoon onto this poor baby spirit guide. Could have been on well, a could didn't. have been on a fishing pole of some kind too. Could have been on a I don't remember. Pole. And it seems unclear whether it was you or not. Right, and I don't know if there was like some crazy captain or not. I by the way, after I had this dream, I I went up and picked up a copy of Moby Dick. And to be perfectly honest with you, I can't get very far. I'm going to return it to the library. Oh, dude, it's so dense. Uh, so that's that. And, you know, whales can also mean big ideas, like this whopper of an idea. So it's interesting, like, there's this little idea, and behind it is this much larger thing behind it, which now, as I'm spitting that out in context, it makes me think of why I've been so damn busy these last couple of weeks. I'm doing a play, as you may know. And anybody in New York, hey, you want to come see my play? Go ahead and, and email us. It's going to be up September 6th, possibly through the 24th. So if you want to come see me in a play, do that. Anywho. Absolutely go do that. Uh, yeah, email us at dreamboatpodcast at gmail.com. I'll hit you with them deets. It's called The Hungry Ghosts. It's a hell of a good time. Now, the reason I bring this up is because it started, this play was going to be three nights, only three nights, and we've been working on it for months and months, and then we just got an extension, so we're going to be able to do it a lot longer. But when I had this dream, it was just a little orca of a play, and now oh. it's becoming this much giant, you know, whopper of uh, a project, which is great, because we've put a lot of blood and sweat and tears, just like I think it would take for whalers to put... I didn't get to that chapter in Moby Dick. Uh, it's probably not easy spearing yeah. a giant aquatic mammal to its death and then dragging it aboard and <laughs> processing it for its oils and lamp stuffs. And if there's ever a better analogy for the arts, I don't think I've ever heard it other than reeling in a large whale to consume and, you know, use its fat to make your lanterns go, you know, like creative. Yeah, this is, this, I'm stretching it now. For the dark, for the an dark and the gold times. Anyway, there you go. One thing that was interesting is that it switches from the sea to the land. And in the dream, I'm specifically, when I'm in the boat, I'm in the back of the boat looking out. And then when it switches to land, I'm specifically in the back of a truck looking out the back. So Whoa. You know what I think that might be? I mean, if it's the same thing you're thinking here, it might be obvious. But like you're looking back on what you've done, like so far, the history of it. And mm -hmm. in this case, like you said, the larger whale is trailing after the smaller whale. You've got this new extended date on your on your show. Yeah, and uh, and I, it's kind of like moving, maybe moving forward in process, in my process, life process, career process, and looking back, maybe taking stock. I've also had a couple other pretty good projects over the summer that I've been looking back on, trying to contextualize them in the realm of where I am in my career. Now, I don't know about this, like, funky, chunky beverage that I drank with the locals at the old gas station. Yeah. What is that? Let me, let me do a quick uh, drink search here. Let's do some Ibn Sirin. Yeah, I'm going to see if there's anything for gas station, which there is. Thank you, DeBoard. <laughs> uh, gas station's where you fuel up a vehicle, right? Mm, you're fueling up your life, symbolizing its progress. Hey, that kind of connects with our theme here. Uh... Was it sweet? Do you remember the flavor? Would you describe it as a sweet beverage? Ibn Sirin wants to know. Sweet beverage. Uh, it wasn't bitter, but it wasn't super sweet. I almost would think of it kind of like a 
of a chunky watered down coconut water. It was kind of earthy. What, what color was it? It was a like kind of a cloudy milky white color. Okay. Okay. Weird. Now a gas station in a dream could be a reminder that you need to fill up your gas tank, which I have definitely been burning fuel for the last while and I finally get a little reprieve from that. I actually I will have mornings again next week. Oh, heck, heck yeah. Yes. Well, I hope during the weekend cuz my mornings are they were going to be on opposite schedules for a little there. I do have something here about weird drinks. Tell me more about Ibn, weird Ibn, drinks, Ibn Siren. <laughs> and of course, Ibn Siren in true form is giving me a bunch of different options that are not at all related. And this is a completely far cry from divorce too, but here's what we've got. Drinking an unknown drink or a glass of cold and fresh water or a glass of cold and fresh water means guidance, knowledge, having good taste and the diligence of the people of the path, which I take to probably be a religious thing. But the other one here... I'm gonna, I'm a, my religion is the arts, so I'm going to go ahead and just take it like that. So there you go. Knowledge and good taste it is. That's, that's kind of what it, the indication is there. And it's funny because it's something foreign to you, and you're in a foreign land, or are you in Arizona? I'm in, a foreign, I'm in a very foreign land, dude. All right, so that's you taking part in another, another people's culture and other people's honestly it kind of it kind of feels like that returning to the stage after not doing plays for a, a long time oh it's a foreign country at that point it kind of is it kind yeah. of is familiar but different desert but not your desert yeah okay that's pretty cool now as far as the gas station you gassing up that was in the truck right that was the truck part right yep that was the ladder that was the truck part I remember we weren't driving for too long before we needed to gas up once we switched from sea to land. Do you remember that switch at all? How did that transition occur? Uh, I remember the larger orca was chasing the smaller orca for a while. And I don't know if it was like a George Lucas screen wipe. Like, I can't really describe the (laughs) the exact transition, but it was pretty much like, and now you're in the back of a truck looking out the back on a dusty road. Okay, interesting thought. In the watery place, you are fishing, kind of like feeding yourself, right? In the desert place, you're gassing up. There is kind of a similarity there, even though they're opposites. Maybe. I don't know if right. it was sort of if, for sustenance. If, as, yeah, food is fuel is sustenance. Right. That is an so idea. Similar theme on opposite sides of the moon there. Or the idea of like, yeah, filling yourself up or when you finally need to refuel. Uh, it could be the same journey, and then once I get to that desert part is the reminder that sometimes you got to take just, like, a wee little break ski. Yep, got to fill up. And not to be a total bummer here, but, like, in the first half, you're you're stealing offspring from a giant, beautiful water mammal. And in the second half, you're drinking courteously a uh, drink offered to you by uh, people of a foreign culture. Completely different. You know, I, I feel like you did better in the truck side than the, the boat side. Well, I don't well, know how involved you were once again. And but. again, I I am I am going with the whale stuff as far as what I imagined being this small idea. There, this small project has become a much larger leviathan uh, of a project. I agree. I think that's a pretty succinct. Uh, wrap up of what those symbols might be might be telling you in there a lot of the going back to the theater going back 
into something that you had done before that not necessarily out of practice, but it probably looks a little different to you now, feels a little different now. It's a different process from the old screen, but it's a, it's a hell of a good time. It's a good ride. Nice. Uh, so I have uh, a, another submission. A do ya? Uh, for us here. We just get that all squared away here. This is courtesy of Princess... Peculiar. And this is a submission from Princess. Princess Peculiar. Princess Peculiar. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump into it here. All of my adult life, I've suffered from stress nightmares. They fall into one of three categories, and they are sometimes mixed. Failing out of college, can't get to where I'm going, trying to move, and having too many possessions. So those are the three categories. We've covered those sort of slightly, but continue here. There are a few things that are typical in these dreams. I can't dial a phone. I'm never able to punch in or dial the right numbers, and I try over and over. I can't find the number in the phone book. I can't move at more than an excruciating crawl, or I can't fit into a place everyone else is going. Most dreams are a mix and match of these problems. Here's a specific dream. I'm back in college, but it's not really my old college. It's a giant skyscraper filled with different wings. Some areas are a mall, some are a hotel, some are the dorm, and there's also a railway station. I go out the wrong door of the building, and I can't figure out which way to go to get back to the university portion of the building. I make it back to the dorm rooms, but I can't remember which room I was in. I know what room, but I don't have a key. I have the key, but it's move-out day, and I can't get my stuff packed in time. I try to go to class, and I can't find the room. I find the room, and it's the wrong class. I have a test I haven't studied for. This is making me stressed out right now. I can't get to my university mailbox, and I haven't been able to all semester. I'm flunking out, and I have to tell my parents. I need a ride, but I can't dial the number. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, I say we stop. There's another paragraph here, but I say we stop there and kind of tackle just that bit right there. Yeah, I think there's some really interesting stuff in there and pinpointing that these are probably a trigger of stress. We don't necessarily have to, I think, digest as much of that first part, but I'd love to talk about this, the portion from back in college and et cetera. And right off the bat, this college most likely is a representation of you know, your own life and the inner workings of the different parts of your life. I don't know if we need to get a specific to say, like, the classroom is the part of your life where you administer more knowledge to yourself, and the dorm room is the part where you rest and recoup and have private time. I don't know if it's all about that necessarily, but as a, as a gut instinct, I'm going to say that you probably have a lot of different things that you're juggling, Different projects, different tasks, a career, or side projects, whatever it is, family stuff, and it's hard to find the balance between all of them. So for me, it's like trying to be Fred Flintstone, get to the Water Buffalo Lodge, and be back at Pebble's birthday, but you get back to Pebble's birthday, and you still got the Water Buffalo Lodge hat on, and it's really hard to keep things straight. And also, the skyscraper with different wings as a college. So we've, we've tackled a little bit what shopping centers or malls or these, these areas with all these different rooms or different wings can, can mean. And a lot of the time, that sort of represents choices that you haven't made yet or choices that you have made that you're reconsidering. So a lot of these areas that are a mall, some are a hotel, some are a dorm, some is a railway station. This is probably your brain trying to articulate to you in your dream that you have a lot of choices in this point in your life. And the school 
it kind of harkens back to a time also when it's like your formative years. This is where you're trying to decide who you're going to be. So for you to have all these things going wrong in each of, you know, your dorm or the train or you have the test and the move out day and the keys, the wrong thing. All of this is, like you said, a generic stress dream that perhaps relates to you feeling adrift in where to go next in your in your life or in your career or in your job. I feel like a tarot tarot card reader right now. I love Call me so now much. for your free psychic <laughs> reading. Now, I should also mention that, that Princess Peculiar is launching a podcast, hopefully soon, called Peculiar Mayhem. And you can check that out at peculiarmayhem.com. Oh, yeah. So, nice. I mean, I definitely know as a podcast producer, host, dude, that there it's a lot to juggle sometimes. Uh, I'm not saying don't Proof do a podcast because it's, what's that? Proof is in the pudding. We didn't put out a podcast last week because we were having our own wrong key, wrong room kind of deal. And I found the the proof is right there in the pudding skin. What is, uh, I was about to ask what the what that phrase even comes from and means, but that is not our, our podcast. That's not our deal. It'll be a fun little Google search later. So just, do you want to try and give this a nice little bow? You want to wrap her up, fuzzball? Well, particularly since it's about college, Y'all go to college to get mo knowledge. That was not helpful in the least. Um, <laughs> when I think of college, I think of advancement. I think of betterment. So this makes me think that in, in the things that are making you anxious have to do with trying to move your life forward, right? We go to college to get a degree, to get a better job, to get ahead in life. A bloody bloody blah. Or you could go to college to get a degree in the arts and then spend the rest of your life in sheer panic and terror of how you're going to pay your bills. I've just maybe from experience. Now, going out the wrong door, not knowing which way, maybe you don't know what the next step is for advancement. Perhaps there's a chance that you feel like you're going to move, that you're going to have a career change, that... Like I said before, you have a lot of different projects to juggle. Maybe you're not able to, you know, with the work-life balance, take care of yourself in a way that you would want to, whether that's diet, exercise, social activity, family interaction, because it's crazy, you know, 24 hours in a day, and you're supposed to sleep off a third of those. Like, who has time for all the things? (laughs) So... For me, this stress dream looks like a frustration of, you know, holy effing synonym for poop. I can't figure out how I'm going to get all these things done. And I know when I'm feeling that way, nothing seems to go in my favor. I think learning, I think what you touched on right at the beginning about how the college setting might represent you trying to learn something. But I just had a weird thought, you know, if you were having a dream about This is a total hypothetical. If you were having a dream where your brain was trying to tell you, man, college is hard. What are we going to do about this whole college business? I doubt that dream would take place in a college. The brain just doesn't work that way with dreams. It would find some abstract, weird way to put it. So this is definitely, it's hard to take these at face value. I think the college represents... It's a lot of choices that you're confronted with right now. For me, it reads personal advancement. Yeah. Personal advancement, career, job, whatever. Nice. Life goals, squad goals. Check out (laughs) PeculiarMayhem.com for more squad goals. 
Yeah, thanks for that submission. Keep them coming. Once again, that's uh, dreamboatpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Send us a little voice note. Send us a high five. Send us a review on iTunes. That would be great, too. We love them. We eat your dreams and burn them in our guts for fuel. So keep them coming. Scott's a low-key gang guard. <laughs> I think I said that before. It's just true. I, just, I want you to know I'm not, I'm not lying. No, you're not. You, you, you're, the, you're the mascot of the show. You're the Pikachu of the show. I get to be the Gengar. Something like that. We'll find a better Pokemon for you, dude. Yeah, I've always fancied myself more a Mr. Mime. Oh, there it is. All right. I'll, I'll grant you that. Yeah, he's got the showmanship. You can totally see that. Now. Now. It's been a while. It's been a while. Sorry, it's also been a while since we sang on the podcast. <laughs> since I've got a... Master submission on the podcast. Yeah, so, yeah, it's time. You couldn't have said it any better than that. Let's hear a submission from Our Lady Masha, shall we? All right, and hello, guys. This is Masha. I'm writing in. Long time, no journal. I really missed you guys. I love the show. Long time listener. Loved all the mini episodes. I loved Dreamboat Goes to the Movies, all of that. So keep up the great work. I haven't had a lot of dreams lately because I've been so incredibly busy. Um, third quarter's crazy, but I'm finally dreaming again because today I had my first dream in what feels like weeks. And it was what Scott sometimes described as like day-to-day plaque plaque removal where like you have a thought that you have and then um, for some reason those random thoughts or random occurrences occur in your dream. So this is what happened. A, a, a little bit of context. Um, about a week ago I watched the movie Dunkirk in theaters and I don't know if you know the synopsis of Dunkirk. It's essentially you have these uh, armies that are stuck on the side of France and England is tasked with getting as many boats out there as possible to try and rescue the soldiers, but they don't have enough boats and they have, they're they waiting for impeding attacks. So essentially they get citizen um, citizens that have boats and they take the boats over and save the soldiers. They save something like 300,000 soldiers. So it's incredible, incredible, incredible movie. And I remember a week ago I had this thought like, huh, I wonder if they had any citizen planes. And that'd be kind of ridiculous because like, how do you fight Nazi bombers in a citizen plane? So... The dream I had last night, I was living in my house in Phoenix, and in my backyard, after all my work, I'd been spending all this time, and in the dream, I was like, in the end of the project, and my project was building a plane, but like, a true-to-period Wright Brothers plane, so it was like, made out of PVC pipe, and two-by-fours, and it was like one of those long, long, floppy planes, just really long, and looks pretty inefficient, because it is... And I was building it because I knew, you know, there was a war coming and that at some point someone would come knocking on the door asking me to use this plane. And I'm finishing up and I'm eating dinner with my husband again, knock on the door and there's a sergeant outside, a British general who's telling me that we need to fly to Dunkirk and we need to to start saving the armies and soldiers there because the there's no boats that can get them because we're in the desert. So we're looking for citizen planes to fly to Dunkirk and fight against the bombers. So fast forward, I'm in the plane and it's like daytime. We're flying over the Sonoran Desert somewhere and it's hot. It's super, super, super hot. And for some reason, the only way my plane works is by pedaling. So I have to pedal 
this plane, but it, like, it works pretty efficiently, but it kind of feels like that really, really low setting on the bicycle where you have to, like, pedal really, really, really hard, but it's, like, not a lot of resistance, and you're pedaling, like, maybe, maybe you're moving fast, so it feels like a plane, but it looks like, like, PVC and wood garbage, and so we fly over, eventually we get to an ocean, eventually we get to Dunkirk, and I start being attacked by legitimate army bombers, like, Nazi... Germany bombers are like weaving in and out of the sky and shooting down um, other legitimate planes and I'm just like trying to navigate my 60 foot wide boat of a plane and it's going like 10 miles an hour and it's just it's a disaster. I was panicking the entire time. I remember my dream and seeing they're like, I'm going to crash in the ocean. I don't even have a life raft on this PVC plane. There's no way I'm going to be able to save anybody. I don't know why I thought this was a good idea. How could I be convinced by someone with such a great accent? It was just horrifying. And then that, that was it. I, I woke up and I was really, really sweaty and very panicky. And it turns out I had turned off the AC setting in the hotel I was in and like, it was like a million degrees. So, um, that's my dream. I'd be open to any interpretations. Thank you. Bye. Heck yes. Thank you, Masha. That rules. Uh, so, I just looked up planes. I'm sure you did the same, Connor. I did the same. Do you want to do planes or pilot? I'll let you do whichever you want. Yeah, sure, I'll take planes. Uh, aeroplanes, or a mode of transportation, takes you to a destination. It's the latest and greatest sensation. And can help you arrive to new phases in life. Now, aeroplanes are also associated with a freedom and <laughs> free wide open skies, wide open places. Bald uh, eagle flying on high, Fourth of July, go America, Lady Liberty. Apple pie, apple pie, American cheese, dingoes, and thrown shrimp on Barbies. I love it. I think that last part was anyway. Yeah, America. So I think you're defined by the role in your situation. And in this case, you are the pilot. So you are navigating your own life's destination, navigating your own freedom. And it symbolizes the control that you have, which it sounds like you are really... Both in control and not, it well, sounds like. Well, you're, you're in control in that you have built the way that you navigate through life, but... Literally peddling your way Flintstone but, style. Man, it seems like a slog. Yeah, I'm glad we get two Flintstones references in one episode. <laughs> That's always Last. been my dream. Flying an airplane can symbolize high ideals and lofty goals. And what That's... I think is interesting is your, yeah. your fight with the Nazis, which also has its own political ramification these days. I wish that weren't so. But wow, yeah, isn't that a, a weird coincidence there? Yeah, need we say too, too much more than that? Other than that, it could symbolize difficulties in your in your your life's journey of trying to find the freedom of your way to navigate the skies that you want to, and in this case, you know, wanting to go and help people and talk to guys with fancy accents. Let us not toss out the possibility, though, that that may be, in fact, a roundabout way of your dream telling you that you're stressed out about neo-Nazis because it's in the news. Uh, I would not throw that out. It's a possibility. 
So I'm going to do a quick run here on pilot. Uh, common associations with pilots such as selfishness and overindulgence, hogging the spot. I'm reading pig. A pilot character can symbolize the part <laughs> of yourself that leads you to your destinations in life and navigates your way through life. So if you're the pilot, that goes back to what we were saying before. You're in charge. You, see, you built this plane out of PVC and rock and roll. And you're, you're, it's like you're fighting. You're literally put, putting your own effort to, to get yourself higher up or further along. And you're going to be battered on all sides by the, you know, slings and arrows of outrageous Nazis. With the best, with going. the best that you got. And the best that yeah, you got right intentions. now is, is PVC and wood. And man, Masha, you got to make do. Got to make do. Uh, there was a little bit at the beginning of that dream that I loved. <laughs> which was that you were pedaling on the limpest, most terrible gear. Right. Too, the putting all that gear, really uphill. Good. Anytime I have battle. a bike dream, it's always that gear, and I hate that gear. What is that? Which is something interesting that we didn't touch on as much with Peculiar Princess Peculiars was the idea of moving really slow, which I thought was yeah. interesting, right? You really need to get something important done, and you're like, oh, I, my intention is there, but why can't I... The effort needed, like slogging, like the, the, the ones where you feel like you're in a fight, and you're you're fist is just traveling through molasses for some reason you can't even pull off one swing mm-hmm. same same deal that's just sort of a weird dream bit so you want to you want to do a little freestyle in there yeah let me let me try and see M- if mc I can mc scott sure starts out with uh you at home having dinner with the husband just like the same this is your 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 daily life comfort you're good you set out to upset the balance of that comfort in a very cool brave way by building a plane out of pvc so this is you hard scrabbling in my okay in my freestyle here this is you hard scrabbling a career out of everything around you just just earning it by by your own merits and literally pedaling your way to the sky so this is a lot of me seeing sort of uh you you probably fighting for the things that you want putting a lot of toil into it. And then there's your subconscious telling you that even though you did this and you made it and you're you're aloft, that it's not the end. There's always going to be trials. Forces be of evil. Forces of evil. And like we said before, this could just be... I don't know when this was recorded, but this could just harken back to the times we live in. We, we had a quick bit... On our DeBoard episode where we mentioned the Trump dreams being a real thing. Politics gets into your subconscious. This is something you have to work through like any other scary dream. So if, if With the oversaturation of the media nowadays, good yeah. gravy. It's hard to I avoid. mean, actually, really bad gravy. Bad gravy. Terrible, watery, blah, 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 packet gravy. Or like way too thick gravy. It's just bad. Yeah, like the bad. school lunch gravy. Yeah. Like squirrel gravy. Blah, yeah. Oh man, but squirrel marrow, that's a really good stock. Anyway, it's getting off topic. So this is you hard scrabbling your way to the sky and probably you're, you're having troubles that you didn't anticipate that are coming from people that you don't like or or you just saw Dunkirk a bit and it's still on the dome or the news is blasting your brain with Nazis and so it's trying to find a way to represent that in your dreams. That's my three little freestyles there. Yeah, and to 
kind of slingshot piggyback leapfrog off all that. Uh, probably a combination of those three. Influ- always- influenced by Dunkirk, influenced by the news, influenced by your life's ambitions and toils. Well said. Thank you. Way to go, Masha. Way to way to take to the skies. I've never had a flying. Well, I've had flying dreams, just never in a in a pedal driven, self made floppy plane. Floppy, long floppy plane. Floppy prop planes. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm looking a little bit more here about piloting a vehicle. It it can uh, represent personal direction, vision, and organization. So this could also just be you having the organization of your life disrupted a little bit. Piloting mm. while you're piloting. We also uh, said that you were out of town in a hotel, which right. is a little bit of disruption. Unless you're always out of town at a hotel, but even if you are, it's still a disruption from being at home with your home. with your husband and dog and stuff. Right. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Masha. Good to have you back. We missed your submissions. And if you would like to send us a voice note submission, please do so in MP3 form. In WAV form, MP4, I don't really care. You can mail us a wax record. And, uh, that uh, would be tough, but... <laughs> don't, yeah. Yeah, vo- voice notes are cool, just as long as it's, you know, reasonable to listen to. Don't drive while you record either. Eh, you're right, that can be dangerous. Masha! And Masha. so long as it's listenable and not too long, we'd love to, we'd love to throw it in. Like, what a fun way to use technology. Y'all. Scott, do we have any other submissions? Yeah, I had a fun little one that I talked about with my coworker the other day. I'm going to leave it anonymous just because I didn't get uh, any indication that they wanted to be heard on my, on my podcast. But this was one that I had never really heard before, but it felt very, it felt very dreamy. Uh, we've talked about dreams where gravity's a little wonky before. Like you can run really fast and jump like crazy. Remember oh, those? yeah. So... Imagine that, but not good. Because oh, you're in a car, and you can't really get off the accelerator. So my friend told me this dream. And I don't have a transcript, so I'm going to just wing this, just trying to remember the conversation. They're driving on a long hallway, uh, highway, very fast, in a car. And the road is disrupted by sort of speed bumps every once in a while. And for whatever reason, dream logic, what have you, he just cannot lay off the accelerator. There's no way to, to, to stop going faster and faster and faster. So they're, they're flying along this highway and they hit a bump and the, the car like leaps off the road. It's one of those jumps where like your guts go up into your neck, you know, like a loop-de-loop on a roller coaster. Oh yeah. So do one of those and freak out and land it. And then you said they get going even a little bit faster, see another bump, do the same thing, even higher, even grosser, land it. And then they hit one and fly off the cliff in the car and uh like Thelma and Louise style Thelma and Louise style just right off the edge of this cliff or like in, in, into a ravine or something but like flying through the air like like aerodynamic ass car so we, we we have covered what the running dream but that's like a good like I'm free I'm the flash this is great this sounds like well do you want to do a quick freestyle yeah, I would love to. This is, seems like, in some ways, a, a runaway train situation, if you will. So we talked a little bit about, in my dream, the idea of boats and cars being this journey of your life. And here you are 
in Speed 4, you know, your friend Sandra Bullock here can't slow down at all on this, you know, life is a highway, I'm going to ride it all night long, but in this all case... Long. <laughs> in this case, there's no brakes. And it's funny, because we even say this in when we talk about obstacles that happen in our life is like, oh, life's little speed bumps. You know, oh man, I had a little bump in the road in my life. But here you're literally... Yeah, but if you're doing 120... Well, and here's the thing. Sometimes that's what it feels like. You're flying through life and you're trying to keep up with the pace and you got to work 60, 80 hours a week, whatever it is, trying to keep stuff going. And yeah, you hit these little speed bumps. All of a sudden you got to move. You hit these little speed bumps like, oh crap, I got to find a new job. You hit these speed bumps. Man, my, my sister's really sick. I got to go out of state for a while. And sometimes these speed bumps can feel like you're flying off a cliff. And we don't have this person to really kind of get into that nitty gritty if any of this is is landing in some sort of truth. But that seems to me, you're just like hurtling down this path and you feel a little bit out of control and just like trying to keep it together, trying to hold it together. And I've certainly that, felt like that before. Uh, there's the the loss of control, not being able to slow down when you want to. That's that sounds like a little bit of a nightmare scenario. It just, reminds me of the the old proverb in Soviet Russia: "Road bumps you," or sorry, "Speed bumps you." Yeah, it sounds like you yeah. got pretty bumped by the speed there, and not and and it seems like you're able to see these. You know that there's speed bumps coming. And you're not able to slow down, and you're just like, well, I'm gonna have to take it. <laughs> gonna like, ramp it. Here we go. Gonna go be stunting on this one, you know, best I can. Honestly, I think that's a good indication. Because if you, if you were in a dream where, you, you know, you wanted to desperately avoid the bump, that would be a, a dream symbol for you avoiding an issue rather than striking it head on and taking the air, taking that sweet air. Well, it sounds like you're at least holding it together. But the question I would pose is, does that feel like a sustainable situation? Because I've definitely been in periods of time where I'm either like working crazy hours or juggling 16 projects and being like, oh, holy crap, like this is crazy. What a crazy ride. This is not sustainable. I want to get off this ride. Yeah, I want to get off this Willy Wonka boat ride. (laughs) Slugworth is scaring me. And the millipede is crawling over his face. And, Uh, And until you like literally fly off the cliff, to me, that's like a symbol for what you're afraid is ahead is at some point you're going to be the accelerator is going to be so stuck because you bought a 2009 Honda and the accelerator gets stuck and Mm -hmm. eventually it's just going to careen you right off a cliff so to me this could be your subconscious saying like hey buddy let's where we're making it happen but we at some at some point we're going to have to slow down whether like you cho- stuff, whether buddy. you choose to slow down yeah. or the or the end of the road makes you slow down. Oh man, that's a pretty alarming. I agree though. Yeah, if you're if you're just blasting through life like that, you're right. It's, it's up to you, or it's just up to life to kind of slow you down or end it. Which is Ugh. well, I don't, don't want to say like end it. But, end it, yeah. No, that was but a bad as far way to as as that. far as being like an obstacle that's that's large enough, kind of like we said, things that are obstacles in life, whether it be 
health related, job related, home related, whatever it is, family related, that's a big enough issue to finally make you go, oh, shucks. <laughs> well, and like I said before, at least you're brave enough to hit those bumps. You're going to take, you're, you're going to ramp it and you're going to get some sweet air. And uh, you know what? And some your stomach is going to come up in your throat and that's going to be a little wild. But sometimes I live for that, dude. I like me a Knott's Berry Farm every once in a while. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for that submission, anonymous coworker. Grateful for it. Uh, that's, that's, that's our show, everybody. Thank thanks you so for much for tuning in. Listening and for hanging in there and for keeping your ticket stubs in this brief hiatus. We pride ourselves on trying to get this thing out every week, but we're doing the best we can. And sometimes this this road called life has some speed bumps, and we're we're holding on and trying to get that that dreamy content out you best we can. Yeah. Welcome to the dream boat, where we where we take your dreamy content and we actually get off the dream boat single file. Off the gangplank. We'll see you. We'll see you next time. Next Glad week. Have you. Next week. Make sure you uh, you eat a lot of fruits to stave off the scurve. And like and like and subscribe so you know when we're setting sail once again. That's what I meant. And hey, you, if you like the dreamboat, like tell a friend. Tell tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and so on. Like that little bit in Wayne's World with the Calgon commercial that I was too young to understand. <laughs> But yeah, you want to play us out on a dream pun? You got any off the? Oh yeah, yeah. Let me. Yeah, let me just do a dream I had, pun. Uh, I had a whole bunch of them. Um, one of them uh, being uh, that that dream crepes. They're like really thin dream pancakes. <laughs> no. Really, really thin pancakes for dreams. Bye, everybody. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>